Welcome to the OCD, bitch, the show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I'm your host for the evening, and with me, as always, my boon companion, my bosom buddy, my great pal, Ryan. Boon companion? I think so. Is that based on your favorite movie of all time? Daniel Boone and the Booners? <laughs> I know that wasn't racist, but it felt so close. <laughs> Daniel uh, Boone was a racist, right? No, I was talking about Boondock Saints, the movie that you're always bringing up. I So, like, some people are super into the Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. I really like Boondock Saints 2. All got, Saints Day? All Saints Day. They got rid of Willem Dafoe, which is the most watchable part of the Boondock Saints, okay. and replaced him with Darla from Buffy. Who's at, I do she's in every show I've ever watched. I do not know her name. Julie Benson. Cooper. Julie Benson. Okay. Uh let's say her name is. And she is doing a weird Western accent. A lot of people make fun of Southern accents. She's like, no, I'm gonna do a Western accent, wear a cowboy hat. She's just doing a she's trying to out uh flamboyant Willem Dafoe from Boondock Saints One. It's weird. It's a weird choice. First of all, you don't all you have to do is put a cowboy hat on and you have an accent. Right. It's a lot like Frosty's hat, but you don't come to life from being a snowman. You just have an accent now. Come to life as a cowboy. The other thing is, Willem Dafoe always the bad guy in every movie he's in because it's William the Foe. That's what it means in French. Yes, and bad guy. He's at least always the antagonist. Right. Who knows if he's good or evil? Because mm-hmm. I was really on his side in that movie. He like he was a big muckety muck in New York. And then there's this punk ass kid. I'm so, stuff up. I'm so sorry. I did not want to actually talk about the Boondock Saints. That's, oh, we're this not, is my fault. Boondock Saints. I think I assume by their stupid fucking accents takes place in Boston. Oh, okay. No, so, I don't want to talk about two Boone, two Doc, two Saints. No, we're talking about Willem Dafoe. He, I, I can't remember the name of the movie. He, he's this big muckety muck in New York, and everybody says he's the bad guy. But there's this punk ass kid messing the city up, oh. and he's just trying to make an honest living. He just wants to run his business and like a normal he's guy. He's trying to, he's trying to keep the city open for business. And then so he, this kid's a fucking freak. So he's like, well, I guess I got to stop doing my normal business. And he starts putting on this green plated armor. Okay, so I think at that point maybe he starts becoming a bad guy. I like, don't think that's so. That's a punk kid, and he's flying around the town, uh, basically graffitiing. Like, he's shooting stuff all over the town. He becomes Willem Dafoe's son's best friend just to get closer to Willem Dafoe. That's a weird move. What a motherfucker. It's not just to get close to James Franco? I well, feel like if James Franco wants to get close to you, he will. He will find a way. Yeah, that's part of the Me Too movement, Ryan. Yeah. He will. It's gross. He's he's. I don't like this guy anymore, but he has those crinkly eyes. Why is he the one person with fucking crow's feet that looks sexy? <laughs> that, I mean, so it's like the Josh Hartnett, the only guy who looks sexy with the bedhead. The, oh, but like real bedhead. Josh Hartnett does not spend a fucking second on that hair. He's no Joe McHale. Does he have bedhead because Josh means don't and Hartnett means hairnet? hairnet <laughs> and so he don't hairnet and then yeah. it gets all over the place? If you go to like the old Germanic sense of the language, sure. that's exactly what his name means. I and he, he Googled it and he's old enough that he Googling is going to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm-hmm. And so he found that and really lived by it, which I admire because I've never thought to look what Mike Gravano, what that fucking means. I, I don't have some learn. ideas. Tell me. Well, gravy eater. Like, based on the yes. shape of your body, Mike Gravy Eater mm-hmm. feels like most likely. That is on my family's crest. It's just two <laughs> ladles of gravy and just a fat mouth eating it all. See, I assume that just on all of your family's crest is just spilt gravy. Like, somebody, everybody who looks at it just spills gravy all over it. Well, we should stop using our crest as a giant tablecloth. I agree. But when you guys you- can't help it. When, it. when there's a thing around... The gravy's coming out. The Does, gravy will come out. You guys if consider, there's more than two of us in a room, somebody's getting covered in gravy. You guys all wear those helmets that have the two cans of gravy and then a straw in your mouth so you can just have yeah. as much gravy as possible? That's Philly, baby. <laughs> Fucking Philly's disgusting. It's, it's all a, just gravy and cheese whiz with you people. 
It's a gross, like very viscous, thick liquid town. You don't do Anna service. No. Wait. What do you mean by that? Anna, like she's such a wonderful person, mm-hmm. and she comes from your your same shithole. Yeah, which but we no. can say because they don't have a podcast or internet there. They yeah, they've never heard of it. The internet. Uh, they they think AOL is just it's about to hit. They're about to be flooded with those little CDs. Mm. Anna's from Pittsburgh, which is Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, six to eight hours away from Philadelphia. No, it's all the same. No, it's a surprisingly large state. I don't think so. But different kinds of gross people from every corner. <laughs> yeah, but there's no like good corner. There's no good no. part. There's not like oh, I'm so glad I'm in Scranton. It's called Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like if you're if you're naming cities. That's what you want to name your city? I do think so. Harrisburg is the capital. And I do think William Harris looked over and he went... Died in 30 days? He died in 30 days, but he looked over and he's like, well, there's where my stupid cousin lives. He lives in the pits, Pittsburgh. And then it... And this guy was just so popular or so famous that he would just say a word and point at a town and it became named that? People give the founding fathers, I'd say, too much credit. Sure. Because back then, nothing was named. Nobody thought of anything. And they would just declare things like independence. And then it would become, I guess we all have to fucking jerk off to it all the time now. Well, if you write, like a, if you write something down on a big brown piece of paper mm-hmm. with a feather, then it's just law at and that point. And then you soak it in tea. Mm-hmm. You burn the edges. And people are like, oh, we respect that. This is one of the most creative second graders I've ever seen. Fuck that shit. And they're all babies. They're all the so many of the founding fathers are like nineteen. Mm-hmm. Would you follow any nineteen into battle? Well, that one punk kid you were talking about earlier. I would probably who yeah. went against William William the Foe. William the Foe. I and would he probably took him fight. on. Yeah. Eventually killed him? Mm-hmm. So that's hardcore. Fuck the man. I, you've really turned me around on this. I'm Thank I'm in you. favor of all punk kids. Um Ryan, today is a very special episode of the OCD. They all are. They all are. Equally. But do you want to know why today is? Why? Because having chosen... Oh, wait, I know why. Because in this episode that we're covering today, we get an appearance from Marissa's little sister, Caitlin. Yes. And then after this episode, we never see her again. Ever again, until she becomes a new actress. That's fucking weird, right? Yes. Do you want to know what happens in this episode, though? I I just told you. If you want to repeat me, I guess go ahead. In this episode of the OCD... Caitlin goes away forever. But also, we get to meet our new friend, Caitlin. We'll meet her. Shut up. We'll see you in a second. Caitlin. Christ. You're you're on a podcast called The Unnatural 20s. Is that true or is that not true? It's very true there, Mike. Thank you for joining us today. You are aware that this is not your show? Uh, I thought this was mine. Nope. That's why I'm here. There's no dice. There's no rolling. Try. Fuck Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> fucking try. <laughs> fucking re- you know, do your version then. Start the segment. All right, where's the dice? I just need to roll a twenty, a d twenty. You got one of those? We do not. Ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons? No, no. maybe. Oh, we talk about oh. cool things on this show, like the OC. So, <laughs> and Spider Man. And Spider Man. Well, actually, I grew up in the OC too. I know you guys both did. So, yes. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Placentia, so North Orange County. Which still counts, right? It still counts. That does still count. <laughs> That's one of those towns I've heard the name of, and I don't think I've ever been in. It's right next to Yorba Linda, which is really, really, really nice. Is and, it? And it's important to note that it is Placentia. Placentia, not Placenta. It is not Placenta. No. <laughs> Common misunderstanding. So no doctor's ever been up to his elbows in Placentia. Uh, I wouldn't put it that far. I'm, I bet he has. So my mom didn't spend the first 10 years of my life eating a little bit of my Placentia, is what you're saying. I'm hoping not. Okay, cool. But I do have to say that I did, you know, grow up in Placentia. Yeah, you went from Placenta to Placentia. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, isn't it? That's the start of it. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? 
<laughs> do you sort of a worse rap? As someone who grew up in the OC, yes. Do you find it hard to be around other people who have not? Like, that, do you find them gross and I not mean, worth your time? It's really weird to see their different perspectives on life and like how they didn't grow up in all this like you know rich life. Because like some, huh, I'm gonna throw some people out there. They've grown up in Riverside, and we know. Oh! I know, guys. I know. That's I, almost Chino. I know it's pretty gross. I actually hang out with people who are from Riverside. But Chino is the Newport to Riverside. Right. Chino. Yeah. Is I think the SAT Nailed question. It. I know. I'm. Uh, it, I hang out with trash people. You're a true humanitarian. I really am. People from Riverside, they like they always forget shoes. Yeah. When they go out, and they'll just eat dirt for no reason. Unless they go to our goddamn beaches, and then it's all shoes that cover all your feet <laughs> with high black socks that fucking meet your knees. <laughs> What's wrong with them, Caitlin? And they always wear jeans to the beach. Mm. Always wearing jeans to the beach. Why do they still like corn, the band? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, follow up? Why do they still like corn, the disgusting vegetable? Why? Why? <laughs> Corn on the cob is the only good version of corn. But they don't even eat corn on the cob. They eat candy corn on the cob. Like they'll glue <laughs> all that wax onto a thing and eat it. Well, I like spelling letters out while I oh, eat things. What weird people. <laughs> uh, did in Placentia, did, was there an anti 909? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. It, when you found out people had that area code. I had cousins who grew up in uh, Riverside. And <laughs> it was funny because they were like, oh, yeah, I'm from the 909. Thought they were all hard and everything. And we would just make fun of them every time they came down. Let's see. I want to make people think I'm cool, so I'm going to brag about my area code of my phone. Awesome. There's a band called 303 because they're from Denver, which is that's the area code. That's the laziness. You realize like right before your first show, you don't have a band name. But isn't it three exclamation mark, O-H exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, three exclamation mark? I think you missed an exclamation. Oh, shit. Did I? Let me start over. I thought you were going to start I'm not going to start over, guys. That took so long. <laughs> there should be more exclamation marks and things. Oh, yeah. I never know if people are serious or not unless I see that thing at the end of it. Caitlin. <laughs> I, hope this do- I hope this doesn't last for a whole It sounds show. like a slam poem. <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> Left me on a Thursday. <laughs> not Friday. It was my birthday. Caitlin. What is your relationship to the best show ever, The O.C.? The O.C. So I heard about a lot about The O.C. growing up. Um, I never watched it because I heard a lot of like, oh, that's not what it's really like growing up here, blah, 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 blah. So I never watched it growing up. And to I be fair, when it debuted, you were six months old. So <laughs> yes, it was hard for you to watch. I was basically a fetus. So I really Still couldn't watch it. Still in placenta. And uh, so about a last year, I started watching The O.C. and fell in love with it and started binging it. And and then I restarted watching it recently. I haven't actually finished the whole season, so I'm one season behind. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you started watching it just to solve the mystery of what the fuck that one SNL skit was about. That's That's what got you started? That's exactly why I started watching it, because there's that really good SNL skit that has... The best thing that Shia LaBeouf has ever done. Yes. (laughs) Andy Samberg's in it, too. And it's basically... uh, I don't want to... I don't know. Oh, Sam Bert, does he make like a lot of big rubbery faces? Definitely. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> and there's a lot of shooting and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful episode called and, Dear Sister. And everybody's trying to hear what the other ones are saying. Mm-hmm. And trying to shoot everyone. It's pretty good. It's really good. But I, like, I knew what the OC was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that skit would be like if you had no idea what the OC was. Like, what no. the fuck is going on right now? So when we were watching the OC, it was kind of just trying to figure out who was who were they trying to impersonate and Who's actually going to get shot in the real show? So I think when we finally saw that episode where that happened, it was amazing. Did you make one of those like serial killer or serial kill chaser? Because 
two sides of the same coin. Uh, maps of like red yarn from Andy Samberg's face to Ryan Atwood's we, face. <laughs> we made bets on who would actually get shot. Were you right? I was wrong. Who did? Who did you think would get shot? I thought. I thought Seth was going to get shot. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. And this is, we'd be very happy. Th- th- this is next, we're in season one. Th- mm-hmm. The thing we're not really talking about, but Dancing Circles, which listeners love, is season three. End of season two. End of season, really? Yeah. So I didn't even finish season two. What the fuck? What the and you're fu- the host no. of a show called the OCD? Hey, when you got this kind of <laughs> swagger, boy. Oh, Jesus <laughs> On the application, it said, did you grow up in the OC? I went, yes, and I got hired. <laughs> You applied 10 minutes after me. You could have been this job. Yeah, but keep in mind that we were the only two who applied. It's a podcast hosting job where yeah. you have to pay to work here. So nobody really wants that job. But in a year. What, Mike? In a year what? In a year, we might make some stock options. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, in this episode was Caitlin, Marissa's sister, mm-hmm. played by Shailene Woodley. When she comes back in season three, Shailene Woodley was already famous. So they had to recast her with the uh, Willa Holland. Uh, Will, excuse, <clears throat> Willa Holland. But then Ryan, they recast in season two, or I'm sorry, Trey, they recast in season two with Tom Hardy Jr. because we're going to meet Trey in a couple episodes from now. Did and, they really recast Trey? Yeah, because in, I don't know, like maybe next episode, uh, they go and visit Trey in jail and yeah. it's a different guy and they recast him, not because he got famous, but because he sucks at his job. Who's Tom Hardy Jr.? Do we know his real name? Probably not because we call him Tom Hardy Jr. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm proving that we Logan don't. Eastwood? Let's Logan Michael Logan Green Eastwood. or something? Logan Michael Eastwood Green. He played John Upgrade in the new hit movie Upgrade. Ooh, he's Johnny Upgrade? He's Johnny Upgrade. He did upgrade everybody's software. It was <laughs> riveting. So we, we kind of hinted that we loathe Seth. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have the comeback 15 years later and rewatch it because we were Seth. Yeah. Growing up, we thought we were Seth. We finally liked that we were represented on screen. It's hard to watch right now. Uh, I liked Seth the first time I watched it through, but I kind of understood that he was like a shitty, like self-absorbed person. Mm-hmm. But I did like it because he was entertaining. I kind of just looked at it as an entertaining factor. Okay. Is there anybody that you loathe because they're a bad person, a bad character, or you feel so connected to them? Aside from Caitlin. Um, I didn't like Trey because he was just like bringing in down jail. Ryan. Yeah, he's in jail, you know. You're classist. <laughs> you know me. Um, look, if you look at the socioeconomics of a gross place like Chino, people are going to end up in jail because they are attacked by the law. They go out of their way. Mm-hmm. Somebody from Newport who steals a car, they just go, hey, bud, and I have mean, a fudgesicle. I also had a problem with Julie, and she was from Riverside, too. She's also from Riverside. So, you know, I think I just have problems with the 909, I guess, yeah. and Chino. Mike and I have been talking about this since the first episode of this show. Can you, even if you were just, if you're just looking at pictures, you didn't know any background, can you just tell... That Kirsten is from the OC and yes. Julie is from Riverside, 100%. just based on her face and her makeup. Yes. There's something off about her, right? When I, I looked at her, I was like, oh, she looks like she grew up in Riverside. Yeah, she's a 909. Yes. I think I figured it out. Kirsten does not look like she would ever have starred in a porno. <laughs> <laughs> but Julie's face looks like most porn I watch. Do you guys know what happens in season three? <laughs> it's That's a porno. <laughs> the whole season's oh. a porno? <laughs> Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> they jumped to Skinamax. It got weird. It took me so long to get through each episode. Just five <laughs> minutes at a time, I had to watch them. Well, and then it loads, and you see a stupid ad for it. Look, I don't want to do Tinder, but for sex. What else is Tinder for? Tinder butt. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Tinder butt. Uh, let's actually get to what this episode is about. Finally. Having chosen Ryan over Luke, Marissa wants to make plans for their first romantic date together. But Ryan's never actually gone on a date. He just bones. Seth takes matters into his own hands involving getting to like Summer. But gets taken in with Anna, who has feelings for him. Meanwhile, Ryan 
sees Caleb kissing Julie Cooper. And Sandy continues to resist temptation with his coworker Rachel. All of that when we come back. Let's start by talking about Marissa and Ryan. There is an extremely suggestive opening to this episode where it's just Marissa's head and she is undulating, which is a word I do not like. That means eating jello? <laughs> She's just eating jello like some sort of commercial person. Because uh-huh. nobody has ever eaten jello unless you're on a commercial for jello or you're in a hospital. And then Ryan's head comes up. It's heavily hinting he's eating her out. Am I wrong in this? I did not get that. I don't know. I didn't either. I thought they were just making out. But he's not there for a while, and then his head rises from below. (laughs) And then they start making out hardcore. All right. Let's just assume then that these two high school kids were eating each other out. And And they've not even gone on a date? Well, that's that Ryan has never been on one. That's sort of how he rolls. That is his move. And then they're talking about it, how there's no school, no parents, just us. And then Kirsten walks in, doesn't knock, just walks in, and then leaves. She do- or doesn't leave. She just fucking watches. She's just like, hey, uh, and then dinner's she's, ready. She's like, oh, this never happens to Seth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never. Kirsten, I didn't remember this, but Kirsten never misses an opportunity to knock Seth down a peg. Oh, yeah. He it needs was, it. Is this worse than, I think, last episode where... He comes up to talk to, to to his mom and a teacher, and they both ignore him. <laughs> yeah. They both equally ignore him. <laughs> they just side-eye him until he walks away. Kirsten hates Seth and knows he's a nerd. Have you met? It's not because he's a nerd. It's because he's a fucking... Prick? He's a fucking prick. <laughs> he's a little pricky bear. And a lot of nerds are pricky bears. <laughs> Caitlin. Yes. You just went to Comic-Con. How I many did. gross fucking nerds you should get punched in the stomach were there? How many oh. times did somebody say to you, m'lady? M'lady. Um, not too many. Uh, besides when I went to a bar dressed as a squirrel. Um, people were stroking my tail in weird, suggestive ways. So oh that was weird. So were they trying to tell you what a nice guy they were while they did it? Yes. Uh, you're, you're, you're a lady. Yes. <laughs> uh, kind of, I guess. You're a woman. <laughs> are are the, the nice guys, are you also sick of the nice guy? Yeah, usually when someone says they're a nice guy, they're usually not. And Seth often says he is a nice guy, no? Yeah. Okay, good. And then we see what he does in like two episodes. So not only so Marissa fucking sprints away, which is a baller move. Leave Ryan to deal with it. And based on like going back to the OC porn, based on the porn that I've seen, when the <laughs> adoptive mom comes in, that's where it starts getting good. But that's Ryan, not where it ends. Ryan doesn't realize that because he his knees go straight up, letting you know he has a full on bone. Oh sure, because he hides it from Kirsten. <laughs> but the hiding it is letting her know what's going on downstairs. Mm. And then so Ryan's whole. Whole arc in this is how I don't even know how to have a date. Mm. What, what does that even mean? Was the internet not around? Wait. Or he could like ask a friend. I know Seth is like one of his other friends, but he's friends with like uh, Zach or not Zach. Uh, Jump into season two. Don't do I that. I know, shit. right? Sandy? <laughs> Sandy. He could ask, ask Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy has a wife. He knows how oh to take God. people on dates. I need you guys both <laughs> to calm your John Travolta down. <laughs> oh my God, Sandy. it's Sandy. <laughs> it's hard to say that name and not slip into some Travolta. I don't have a car that just doesn't drive away into the sky. <laughs> well, you just have to do the like arm up, arm to the side, sing about how the chicks are cream, and then you go on a date. <laughs> no, nope, already too much. I don't too know much? what you're talking about. Well, then Seth has to like, hype it up, too, to Marissa, so then it's even harder for him to do a good date. But do you see how, like, he's a selfish asshole, but he's also, because he's dumb, an agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. he just creates the drama oh, yeah. for no, there's, shut the fuck up, dude. There's no reason to say that. He, he motormouth panics in a situation that didn't need, he <laughs> yeah. didn't need to be panicked. Nobody was, everybody was relaxed. Everybody was fine. Everybody was fine. They were just saying hello to each other. He was like, best date, great date ever. You've never seen a date like this right now. <laughs> and then fucking Summer... 
who is still in the summer turns into a human tour. She's so fucking summer. <laughs> so fucking summer. She goes, what does Chino even know about a date? Where he's from. They don't even have <laughs> don't a even- P.F. Chang's. <laughs> Which lets us know Summer's caliber of date at a goddamn P.F. Chang. Now, is this a dated joke? Is like, Are P.F. Chang's still really like that cool to go to? Like, ooh, dinner at P.F. Chang's. So. I love P.F. Chang's. I, I think know, it's great, like, too. They but really I thought it was like Asian trap. Olive Garden. Yeah. Is yeah. It? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> just unlimited chopsticks. Unlimited. Did you ever go to a date at an Olive Garden? You ever go- been on a date, Ryan? <laughs> I just mostly hung out with girls. Oh, uh, okay. But like Olive Garden, did you ever go to a date at yeah. Olive Garden? When, yeah, when you're in high school, Olive Garden, yeah. like, you might as well be at Morton Steakhouse. Yeah. Like, well, wow. It's like a really nice place. You're buying her all of the food she can eat. But I thought <laughs> Summer was a step beyond like what's trendy and what's hip. True. No, not PF yet. Chang's? Summer uh, puts herself out there like she knows what's what. But she actually does She's still just fucking 16. Chino Wu, they didn't even have an Applebee's. But <laughs> that's basically what she's saying. That is the worst ra- of the three we've mentioned. Applebee's is the worst. Applebee's Fuck has Applebee's. rats, haven't you heard? Oh, and by the way, in Riverside, every restaurant is Applebee's. Like that's yeah. the only thing they have. No matter it's just what, riblets for days. No matter what the <laughs> sign is, you walk in there and they go, "Welcome to Applebee's," and you look around, and you're like, "This is not the restaurant I walked into." <laughs> Applebee's is to Chino as Taco Bell is to Demolition Man. This is every single one. You did so good on the SATs, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> that's just gonna be my theme for the day. And then so Julie's shitty fundraiser for sick kids with hair lips. What it? <laughs> what is it? Yeah, you have to have a hair lip and then also get a mild cold, and then you can have some money. So Julie's fundraiser for Joaquin Phoenix is the world uh, saves Ryan. He is happy to go hang out with his least favorite person in the world. Right, but he like because in typical Atwood fashion, he's like, "What? No, I had a good date planned. I had it all worked out." That's so fucking smart, though. I don't blame him. He's like, "Oh shucks." Like, <laughs> All of the plans. I have to go return the tux I rented. He ha- All he had planned was skipping Corona light bottles on a pond that was just in an alley somewhere. Just a puddle. <laughs> just a goddamn puddle. The puddle Of like antifreeze. Of Chino. Which is just leaking out of a meth lab that he knows. You and can tell it's a little sweet. And then right before they actually go to like, uh, or right before Marissa gets him to go to like to the yacht party, she actually has him define the relationship and she's like, oh, you're my boyfriend. Like, and- and he freaks out about that. Because he's never had a girlfriend before. He's never had a girlfriend. But also in high school, there's no in-between, right? You either are just friends no, or your dude, boyfriend. No, dude, not at it's, all. It's been a long time because I'm not a weirdo since I've been around high school kids. <laughs> Shut up. I remember- tell, him, tell us, Ryan, expert. I remember that that like, level was a really big deal when you used that word. It wasn't as big as the L word, but it was... Like, Leather? It wasn't as big of a deal as when you're a sophomore in high school to bring up how you should work more leather into your relationship. But calling each other girlfriend and boyfriend was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was a huge deal. Okay, so is it there's that hanging out mode where you mostly go on group dates and uh-huh. go make out in shadowy corners? Uh-huh. I think I was a bad high school kid. I would just show up, hair slicked to the side, a la Don Draper with a full bouquet, chaps. Of, <laughs> full bouquet of flowers, assless chaps, and say, good sir, may I date your daughter? And then just pinch your red clown nose. Mm-hmm. And- for like an hour. <laughs> and the, the parents would get so confused. They're like, I, I sure? take her away. <laughs> no, there was, there was friends and then there was the group hangs and then you'd like vibe with someone. But that would have to go on for a while until you said girlfriend or boyfriend. Because what that meant was you could then no longer vibe with anyone else at the next group hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how, how was your guys' game in high school? Did you, were you flirtatious folk? It was Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was super into Magic the Gathering in middle school and then later in my adult life. But it was mostly car bond, which involved tag with cars. <laughs> that was my high school game. That's just called drunk driving, dude. <laughs> but I like how you cutesied it up. K 
Caitlin? Uh, I definitely was not. I I didn't get kissed until seven. I was like seventeen, so like junior year of high school. So I definitely did not have any game. It was but quicker I knew. than Drew Barrymore. What? You She's got still never been kissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, what was your first date? Do you remember it? Um, there was this guy that took me to prom, and he took me to the Queen Mary. And wait, was that where prom was? Or yeah, prom was at <laughs> okay, the Queen yeah. Mary. This is miles away from. Prom. I know, right? No, uh, he took me to the Queen Mary, and we went to this really nice restaurant. But it was really weird because I didn't like him. He just liked me, and he was kind of creepy. So um, it was overall a really weird date because he just kind of tried to take make advantage, like take advantage. He tried uh, to make advances yeah, and take yeah. advantage. <laughs> he tried to make advances, and I would always like try to shy away. But I knew he paid a lot for the dinner. But I was like, I don't like you. Okay, I'm glad more. More kids, more young girls need to know this. Just because yeah. he paid for the dinner, you don't owe him anything. No. You're a role model. <laughs> Why did you say yes to the date? Because I wanted to go to prom. It's prom. <laughs> you got to go to prom. Is this your junior prom then? That was junior prom, yeah. And was that your first kiss? No. Okay. So your first kiss was <laughs> He a got good nothing. Experience. I didn't like him. He was creepy. He got nothing. <laughs> Part of it too was your junior prom was the first time you addressed like squirrel, squirrel girl. You oh. didn't go in a dress. You just went to squirrel girl. I just, exactly. What's awesome about that, that is still five years before most of the world knew who squirrel girl was. <laughs> You're a trendsetter. Yeah. You know me. Ryan, first dates. Addressed as squirrel girl or otherwise? Yeah, what was your first dress? I would say that I was the opposite of Atwood. I didn't have the non-girlfriend constant mm-hmm. hookups. I had like two LTRs in high school that like basically lasted my entire high school career. Uh-huh. But what was your first date ever? Your very first date ever? Because this was at Yacht Party was Atwood's. I didn't go on a date until I was 23, 24. What like, did you do? Take her to Applebee's? The, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that always your assumption? I You're love gross riblets, person. all right? Um, but yeah, like the classic TV tells us about the dinner and movie thing and how easy that is to do. That's not easy at all. Like to like say, Hey, do you want to go out tonight? I had no money. I had no car. There's no way to do that. So yeah, you would just go to somebody's house mm-hmm. and find the, the quiet corner. corner. Mm-hmm. And you have to find the cool parents who are like, I don't care if you drink and fuck as long as it's my place. That's a creepy thing to say to your kids' parents. <laughs> but again, based on the porn that I watched, I was like. You know, oh, uh, eventually this girl who doesn't know what she's doing is going to walk away and that mom who looks like she gets down is going to come in after the fourth martini hello mom that's a joke that's a joke uh my first date so date and kiss did not coexist like it seems like yours did yeah. uh it was this girl who i pined for for a year because i was a chris pussy. style chris style and just didn't say anything just was in love with her but i was like we're best friends here's advice for your guys uh <laughs> you can tell you're, you can tell you're in the t- uh, friend zone two ways one you're straight up told you're in the friend zone or two you talk like that <laughs> what other zone are you gonna go to i was the one guy her dad liked which at the time i was like yes oh that's such like, a, that's the biggest strike you can have against you your dad their dad likes you but then eventually you guys i stopped being a roly-poly tubby kid i rollerbladed to school every day ate jamba juice a lot lost that weight and then she noticed me Oh my god! I wish I could talk. I could see the moment where young Mike realized, "I'm gonna be a cool kid. I'm gonna rollerblade to school every day." Uh, but we went. We would, did the, the the movie date, and I did. Do you the, remember the movie? I do not. I probably didn't watch it. Not because we were making out, because I was so nervous and sweaty. <laughs> He's just throwing up, looking at <laughs> the ground the entire time. So we did not kiss. But I went to do the ah, uh, and just fully elbowed her straight <laughs> in the temple. <laughs> In the temple. <laughs> right. That can give Boom. people concussions. <laughs> and then we started dating. Maybe I tricked her into it. I took advantage of the concussed. <laughs> so first dates are hard. Caitlin, <laughs> for the rest of this episode, always make Mike go last because we'll tell embarrassing stories and then he will 
double down on everything <laughs> we say. Uh, we have to move on yeah. from this segment and that embarrassing story. When we come back, we're going to actually talk about Ryan and Marissa a little more. All right, you guys, you guys, stop distracting the show. We have to talk about Ma- Ryan and Marissa's first date. Okay. So it was on a yacht. It was on a yacht. It was on a boat. It was on a boat. At a charity event. At a charity event for? Children's hair lips, I guess. Children's hair lips. <laughs> but Which is just, hair lip means that when you prematurely grow a mustache, yes. right? Then you have a hair lip and they surgically remove that. You're some sort of magnum PI from a young age. <laughs> and they go, no, you don't deserve it. And the doctor, to let you know you were wrong, they give you a little scar right under your nose. Cool. Um, we hadn't made fun of hair-lipped pe- kids yet, so I'm glad that we finally <laughs> can cross that we off the list. We didn't. We were making fun of <laughs> doctors, I think. Sure. <laughs> Fuck doctors. So we did talk about how Marissa threw the boyfriend word. And here's, here's when, because she is worried about all the drama that's going around. And she says, first date stuff, candy, flowers, that's easy. And you watch Ryan go, scribble in a notebook, get candy, get flowers. <laughs> she says, it's times like these, a girl needs her boyfriend. And Ryan just babbles... And one of the Marissa is like the party girl. She's head junior noopsie. But she, I think in this episode, she starts to let real Marissa come out. And she is super smart and knows when somebody is worried and flustered and lets them dangle. Because Ryan's just like, ah, well, yeah, flower, I guess flowers. Oh, it's a sport. <laughs> it's a sport. Like, if you're going to act like that, I'm going to let you act like that. And she just smirks and kicks back. And it's so fucking cool. I just love how he's so lost. She goes to kiss his like cheek and he just smashes half of his face. <laughs> so we get a nice little picture of his smashed face and her kissing him. It was oh, yeah, because fucking loved it. Being a boyfriend isn't just like thinking of dates. It's also how do you react in these situations mm-hmm. where your partner needs you. He knows none of it. He nope. doesn't have any idea. All he knows how to do is like uh, finger a girl on a foosball <laughs> yeah. table. You go slow, 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 fast, 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 fast. Did you like that? And no spinning all the way around. That's that against the rules. <laughs> And this is how we react to everything from here on out. Every time Marissa <laughs> elevates the relationship, he goes. Wah, wah, wah. This is also the start of the Atwood style of conversation, which is just looks. Like uh-huh. there's oh, yeah. so many questions that Seth asks him, and he just looks, looks at him, and Seth's like, "Oh my god, oh okay, I'm sorry." Well, that's <laughs> Ryan knows exactly how to get under Seth's skin because when Ryan's like, "I've never been on a first date," and Seth's like, "I, I thought you said you've hung out with girls," and Ryan gives him the look, and then later Seth brings it up again, and Ryan knows to fuck with Seth. Answer his questions. Yes, exactly. Fuck you, you dumb little virgin. I'll <laughs> tell you what happened. Oh, that's such a good nickname for Seth. Uh, he picks and chooses which questions he will answer with a look, mm-hmm. which is a lot of them, but then which ones he will answer with words when Seth asks, uh, was it good? Or like, was it? did it feel good or whatever? <laughs> Ryan looks at him and he's like, with the first one or with all of them? <laughs> Wait, does that mean in Ryan's history some of them didn't feel good? Yeah, well, yeah, I think some of them were, I don't know. So he does not. Animals. He does not describe. Oh, he does not subscribe to the sexes like pizza. In Chino, half of all Chino high schools are filled with farm animals, and so that's a lot of who Ryan has had sex with. That's why it smells like cows over there. Yeah, it's it's the high school students. I get it. Okay. In the journey of uh, Ryan and Marissa getting closer to the being the BFGF, uh, Julie is on the apology tour, sort of, and, oh, yeah. and very. Oh, this is Juku. This is Juku rehab number one, of which this these four seasons will have. Hundreds. Hundreds. Well, th- mm-hmm. what I like about this show is you can't fuck up and then fix your shit once. You like real life. You fix your shit again, uh-huh. and again, and again, and sometimes you mean it, and sometimes you don't. Sorry, mom, and you just keep going. <laughs> and you know what? Because it was Juku Rehab Number One, that meant that this episode has no Luke. There's no time for right. Luke. 
By was Luke? Did he even have a line Mm-mm. in the episode? No, I don't think so. Luke was not mentioned. Mm-mm. Good. Fuck that guy. But Julie apologizes to Ryan. It's like, you know what? I blamed you for her almost dying, and now I realize you're the reason she's still alive. And then she hugs him, and Marissa looks so fucking happy because she is in that hug, forgetting about all the things she actually knows about her mom. Right. And that's that's what being friends with Atwood does to you is it makes you feel secure right now, but also he's a drama magnet and things are going to get bad very, very soon. And they do because he sees Caleb come over and kiss Julie. And going out on a date is one thing, but he sees Caleb kiss Julie and then go straight inside where there's no kids. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was weird that when Atwood saw this happen, he screamed out, Caleb and Julie sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Like, why, why not just be more secretive than that? And then when she glares up, he looks like, hides in the bushes, like he didn't just scream that. Right, he hides in the bushes. Uh, but after that, Marissa thinks her, she's like, we're going to this, this fucking free charity event that my mom's doing with Caleb Nickel, and it's going to be so much fun. And Ryan, why are you being surly? And he goes, I'm not. We're going to be late. And then I she just, goes. I just love his line. I don't really like boats. I don't. When he's- <laughs> When he says that to Julie when she apologizes to him. Docked boat. Not even a boat that's docked. I still, no, I can't handle it. I won't even go on the Queen Mary. (laughs) Cemented at the dock. I can't do it. See or nothing. Uh, Marissa thinks her mom and dad are going to get back together because she's an idiot. Naive. Caitlin. Yes. Are you trying to divorce? Yes, I am. Did you, how old were you? Uh, Probably 10 or 12. Okay, good age, good age. How old were you? Uh, 12 or 13. Okay, safe room. So you guys... (laughs) I doubt that, but go ahead. <laughs> I was not a year old. So I, it's weirder to think about my parents together. How much of that is because you were the ugliest baby anyone's ever seen and your <laughs> parents had no decision but to split up? My old, Well, if we made this, we can't try again. My older sister <laughs> likes to say that I was the save the marriage baby and I failed my one job. Because <laughs> we're a loving family. I can't believe how uh, full of wisdom your sister is. <laughs> She's just a smart cookie. So when like I had friends whose parents would get divorced, I'd be like, why are you sad? They're happier now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do, do you guys relate to Marissa here where she's like, and maybe they'll get back together? Or were you smart? Um, I I don't know. I was 10 years old. I was sad when they got divorced, but I knew they were going to get divorced kind of going into it. There was rumors that they were going to get back together. But I was like, I don't I kind of like it when they're apart because they're both like happier. And By rumors like you read on Twitter? Like, Rumor, oh, yeah, something's I, going down. I read it on Twitter like, oh, my God, I heard they're going to get back together. No. But uh, no. Uh, no. No, they ha- they were talking and stuff like that and were more civil, but then it just kept falling out more and more. So I was like, no, this is not going to happen. It's not good if it happens. How much we're never going to get back together rage sex do you think they had? <laughs> God, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Probably zero. Mm. <laughs> With- so I'm going to hope zero. <laughs> I don't ever want to think of my parents together. You're denying together. your parents' best sex in their whole lives? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, did you want your parents to get back together? Oh, no. Like, there was clearly a shift in their relationship yeah. where, I like, we had seen all the trailers. We had sne- seen all the previews for their divorce, and we were just ready for that movie to come out and have it happen. Like, I was so stoked to not hear my dad say, you fucking cunt, and then look at him and say, Dad, not at me. Go talk to Mom. Like, why are you calling me that? So but, the- yeah, the rage sex was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the rage sex was crazy. You heard it. Yeah. I didn't think that me and my brother would be involved, but uh, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> so loud sex? and gross. Yeah. Oh, 
God. And I wish it was with each other. Here's what. So fuck Ryan for a lot of reasons because he won't just tell Marie, Marissa, but he's not. He doesn't have a good poker face. Mm-hmm. But when Ryan doesn't want to go, she assumes his anger is because he's from Chino and that nobody from Chino <laughs> ever makes up or has good things happen to them. No one ever in Chino has taken a deep breath or said anything in a non-emotional way. <laughs> and then they're, they're there on the yacht, and Ryan's like, "We should just leave. Don't don't we want to get out of here? And don't you want to get away from this?" And Marissa's like. When Marissa finds out, finally, she's like, is that what you would do? And Marissa doesn't have a good role model. She wants to be Ryan about it. She does. No. Ryan's a great role model. Because since she's met Ryan, like, she now knows, oh, I'm going to go fuck up this yacht party. That's what Atwood <laughs> would do. That's what but I'm going to do. Atwood often is, as you said, the magnet. He doesn't jump in and go, I want to hurt somebody right now. No, I know. He always thinks he's doing the right thing. He's always doing the wrong thing. And it causes but chaos that we all love. Marissa, Marissa being Ryan, walks up to the mic because Julie's giving this thank oh, you speech. Yes. And for some reason, is like, my whole family should be here. Even my divorcee <laughs> husband. Uh, Jimmy's got a Jimmy. And Marissa's like, is this your Jimmy's got a Jimmy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, and Marissa's just like, they're giving away a romantic getaway. And Marissa's like, do you know who should, you guys are getting so long? You should go, Caleb and Julie go in the romantic getaway because you're <laughs> fucking and everybody should know. But you got to give it up to Marissa because when you're that heated and that you're that emotional and you have a microphone in your hand, which is crazy, uh, usually you just go in there and you scream. Uh-huh. But she has a perfect segue. Perfect. This is a romantic weekend getaway. And you know who else deserves a romantic weekend getaway? It's perfect. Well, it was just like the perfect amount of extra. It's like tonight the secret's out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Congrats, guys. <laughs> so happy for you. If Marissa had left, like Ryan told her the news, and then Marissa said, all right, fuck this, and then went inside. And then Ryan looked at the camera and he was like, tonight the secret's out. That would have <laughs> that's the only thing that would have made it better. But the the Newport Harbor School improv team is doing very good at teaching these kids like how to riff and go. For with sure, it. yes. They're good bidders. And then in the in the aftermath of this, Caitlin, the last we'll see of her for years, yes. looks so sad and confused because she has no idea what's happening. A ten year old girl watching her entire life fall apart. Yeah. Being her, in the middle of OC drama. <laughs> she's like, I thought we were on a boat. <laughs> I wanted to see fishies. Jimmy <laughs> thinks it's fucking hilarious, yes. which is awesome. Because Jimmy uh, seems like a good dad, but he will like forget about his daughter's uh-huh. needs just to watch a good minute well, of Juku trashing. It is obvious Jimmy doesn't give a shit about Caitlyn. <laughs> oh, no. At, he never mentions her. He's always like, fuck her and her stupid horse. <laughs> and Ryan looks so proud. He didn't want her to do it, but then he's like a proud little boyfriend. <laughs> Caitlyn has footage. Jimmy doesn't know this. Caitlyn has footage of Jimmy just jump kicking the horse in the face. <laughs> Just to prove how much he hates Caitlyn. What's her stupid horse's name? Silver. Snowflake. Cloudy. Jellybean. I don't know. Jellybean. No, Jellybean's too cool for Caitlyn. These are all wonderful horse names. Yeah, we know how to name <laughs> horses like a motherfucker. But then Julie, afterwards, she she pulls Marissa aside. She says, "I will always love your father, but because of what he's done, we will never have a future." And then Marissa says. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> good notes. Uh, Marissa says, then neither do we. Neither do we, oh. which is so shitty. This is, For the Boom. first time in OC history, I'm fully on Julie's side. Jimmy fucked up hard. Julie owes him nothing in this. Do you know what I wanted to ask you guys about? Because Julie has been basically a villain building up to this point. But in this episode, I started to get a lot of Cersei vibes. Uh-huh. Is Julie? How much in common do Ju- Julie and Cersei have? Whereas like you're evil and you do evil things, but it's all for the good of your kids. No, because I get I okay. Because I also disagree with a lot of Cersei choices. It's all for the good. You think it'll help your kids and you, because Julie and Cersei are not un. They're not selfless people. No. So the, it's where's my power? How can I consolidate it? 
And I guess help my kids. And if you had to pick the most 909 character of Game of Thrones, it's Cersei, right? <laughs> I think it's in the brows. Are we deciding brows are in the 909? That's or just not it? knowing how to do them. <laughs> oh, no, you did that on purpose. You knew. You need to make a different appointment at a different <laughs> salon because they are messing you know with your brows. Make an appointment outside of the 909 region. <laughs> And that'll help. It's porn brow. Why does Jubilee, who loves the OC, drive to Riverside to get her brows done every two weeks? I don't know. Tradition. The way you love your mom's Thanksgiving turkey, you love those brows. It's what you grew up with. Uh, And then Marissa says, best date ever. They they go back to the house after the shit blows up and her and Mariah make it. She has such low standards. Yeah. Oh, she has yeah. such low standards. <laughs> well, she has OC standards. She loves when fireworks happen. That's They all just are addicted to the drama. Of course. Aren't we? I just love it that she's like, oh, yeah, this was the best date ever. I'm so glad. And then it's like, what? How is it the best date ever? You found out your mom was dating like an old ass dude. Like, well, she's dated Luke first since she was in the fourth <laughs> grade. True. So he also probably doesn't know how to do a fucking date. Oh, shit. You know who else dates Luke? pretty soon julie cooper oh shit. spoiler alerts all right we gotta take a break. wait hold on, i'm sorry what is the uh relationship name what is the ship name for luke and julie luju <laughs> julu julu lukey jeweler luke lukey jeweler lukey jeweler that's probably better lukey jeweler <laughs> we're not gonna talk about lukey jeweler for a few more episodes it is definitely this season because they riverdale owes a lot to Yes, it see. Does. It's like, oh, we wrote a season's worth of storylines. Do that in 40 minutes, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to talk about the love triangle. In the first episode, this actually becomes a love triangle between Seth, Summer, and Anna. Before we jump into the love triangle that is Seth, Anna, and Summer, we did blow by a lot of great, and we're not going to talk about Jimmy Cooper for the rest of the evening, because why would we? We got to get to everybody's new favorite segment, Jimmy's Gonna Jimmy. Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Ryan, can you do you want to define what the segment means, or do you want to just say what yours is? Jimmy tries so hard, but he can't not fuck everything up. He just is always fucking things up. And you know what? When you asked me earlier, you were right. That's Jimmy's got a Jimmy. It's when he, the smile that he gets on his face during the drama, even though his daughters are having their family <laughs> ruined in front of him. That's Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Okay. Do, Caitlin, do you have a, a, a great Jimmy Cooper a moment? A great Jimmy moment when he's standing there with Julie Cooper in the apartment. Uh, and it's like talking to his daughter like they're going to get back together. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Uh, my Jimmy's got a Jimmy is there earlier. He goes, look, Marissa, no one has fewer nice things to say about your mother than yeah. me. Don't say that kind of shit to your kid. <laughs> because if you say that to Julie Cooper about Julie Cooper, she will blow up your car. Like she will destroy <laughs> your life. So that is Jimmy's got a Jimmy. The love triangle. This is the first Seth is oblivious that Anna is into him. He still just thinks, we're just friends, and I should talk about Summer 24 fucking 7. And this is when Seth learns that everybody needs him to stop fucking talking about Summer. Whether they're into Seth or not, shut up about it because it's boring. And we have the quintessential Seth moment here because he's like, he finds out about this, and he's like, no, wait, no, I'm not that guy. No, I'm not that guy. Oh, but another thing about Summer, Cephala, darling, what are we doing here? It's often we forget that his middle name is Allah. But when he's in trouble, Ryan will pull it out. Uh, And Anna balls up a little because she goes, could we not talk about Summer for like five goddamn minutes? So balls up means 
like gets some courage. Yes. Not like starts crying or no, puts no, no, on no. a dress to go to a nice ball. Obviously means get some courage. Okay. Well, she definitely balls up a ton because when she comes to Seth's house, she actually has giant balls on her earrings. Oh man, she is all about the earrings. Which they mention because they're so fucking huge. Caitlin, I don't know if you knew this, but you're segueing into another segment of the OCD. Oh shit. <laughs> orange couture. Okay, so couture. that's a good orange couture. But mine for sure has to be Rachel's shirt in her meeting with Sandy. Uh-huh. She is specifically wearing a shirt that comes like does not go down low enough and then pants that don't come up high enough, and she leans over and shows as much belly and butt crack as she possibly can. <laughs> is, she plumbers out hardcore. Is this the era of the whale tail? Is this where it started? I think so, yeah. Just the early aughts. Everybody's like, look at my thong. That <laughs> is like between, Cisco made us all agree that we should look at your thong. Between the thong strings and the denim, it's just like, look at the fat that's between my back and my butt <laughs> pop out. What is it, that's muffin topping? Yeah. Oh, girl. Got some good muffin topping. Go- no, muffin top is on the side. Whale tail's on the back. Okay. You would know. I do it all, Ryan. <laughs> but yeah, mine is mine is Anna's. Anna's weird, and Anna is the queen of orange couture for a long time. But she's not orange couture. She's Philly she's couture. Pittsburgh couture. Thank uh, you very much. Sorry. Uh, get some fucking education. But she, it's so her the the shit they dress Anna in does not line up with who she is no. as a character at all. She often looks like a golf caddy from the thirties. Yes, <laughs> but in pink. <laughs> it's those hats. That's yeah, why the, the hats. goddamn like, hats. What are you doing with those hats? So that's Orange Couture. So the love triangle. So Anna balls up a little. And Seth, because he's fucking Seth, says, I thought we were friends who could talk about their thoughts and stuff. And Anna says, we are. Now you're finally hearing some of mine. I love Anna. I fucking love Anna. <laughs> yeah, and I get how Seth thinks that this is a... I get how he doesn't see that Anna's like a love interest. Mm-hmm. But you have to at some point. Like, you can really only talk about yourself 51% of the time, maybe. Maybe. Otherwise, shut the fuck up and listen to her shit. Yeah, does do we ever before this we never see Anna talking about anything? No, she kind of just sits there and listens to whatever Seth wants to ramble about. Which is hard because all she wants to talk to him about is that she has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. So and she can't do that. Get that Jufro in my mouth. <laughs> you think that's something Anna would say? I don't get what I don't know what high schoolers are into. Do you believe that in the heat of the moment you're just allowed to say racist things? <laughs> that's not racist. Jufro? Like he's described his hair as like that. He's allowed to say it. But I'm just using his terminology. You can't if you you can't use his terminology back at him He's, during the I, heat of the I would never introduce it, but he did. So now I'm allowed to say it. Okay. No matter who he is, whatever right? they tell you, your little clan rallies. I'm sure it's good <laughs> advice. What limericks is Seth trying to publish? We we hear a lot about the limericks. We never hear the limericks. Do we? Do we talk about limericks? He for the last three episodes he works on the lit mag, but apparently he just writes limericks that they refuse to publish. I didn't, I didn't even... You didn't ca- catch never it caught that. It's, it's in the margins of every end or starting scene that he and Anna are in. And he's just like, and they won't even publish my limericks. This is censorship. Oh, I did hear that. <laughs> uh, so this, the Summer and Anna vibe that is growing is very great. And Summer isn't dumb, but also often thinks she is dumb and doesn't know how to deal with Anna because most people bow down to Souther. Summer. Souther. And there's a third level, too, of likes to pretend that she's dumb uh-huh. to like disarm people. And so they expect less from her, and she could surprise them by bringing up her, her Madame Bovary's or whatever. The the one of the coolest openness of Summers in this is she's talking to Anne and Seth, and she goes, "Are you ch- making fun of me? Because I can't tell." <laughs> she doesn't know how to deal with an East Coaster. I just love what Summer says about Anna, how she's trying to like burn her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know Pittsburgh. It's the nine oh nine of um, of the East." How do you feel about that, Mike? Because I know 
You're from Philly, oh, right? Fuck Pittsburgh. <laughs> Philly shits on Pittsburgh. <laughs> really? The way the way Southern California treats San Francisco and vice versa, that's oh, okay. Pittsburgh and Philly. Okay. Because they're the two towns that matter in Pennsylvania. Everything else is dog shit. <laughs> and those cities, kind of dog shit. Yeah. So yeah, I feel fine about that. But fuck summer. I'm anti summer pro Anna, so no. <laughs> It's a lazy fucking insult. That's the only kind summer has. It's not lazy. It's the perfect insult. I thought it was if you say good. anything so. is the 909 of anything, then you're doing a good job at insulting. <laughs> so we get that, once again, all the kids are going to an adult party because Seth feels bad about always talking about summer to Anna, though he doesn't connect that Anna is into him. So he goes, hey, do you want to quietly mock all the rich people we hate at this yacht party? All right. So I had a question for you guys. How many relationships that you've had, whether like sexual or romantic or otherwise, have you started just with sitting down in a corner of a room and making fun of the people that are at the party? Most of them. That is me and my older sister, every family gathering. That's all. We don't talk to anybody else and we just get drinks and just stare at them and openly talk shit. You fucked your sister? No. <laughs> you said romantic or otherwise. This I, isn't the I said what I said. Otherwise <laughs> category. Hey, have you heard? Pittsburgh's the 909. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, of course they did. Lazy Obviously. Hacks. <laughs> Caitlin, answer Ryan's question. Zero. Really? This isn't something you do with people? No. Man. I'm too... No, I can't do that. That means that other people are talking shit on you. <laughs> Probably. A hundred percent. Yeah, talk shit before they can talk shit. It's normally just me like trying to like talk shit on myself with someone. You're a real eight miler? <laughs> yes. They'll have no insults because you threw it all out there? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, it's out on the table. We all know. Okay. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, you do have a lot of like positivity and joy, and I, it's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I've been told that. It's getting old. <laughs> Just for people who haven't seen Caitlyn bust into a party before, her usual move is to find a skylight, crash in as hard as she can onto the floor and just say, I'm the worst, and then no one can make fun of her. <laughs> I'm the worst, and then robot out of the situation. Just in case you didn't already, it, it, it wasn't enough proof. <laughs> so Summer is bummed because she asks Cohen to take her to the yacht party that only adults will be, and he's like, I'm going with Anna. And she goes, her? Summer refused to say Anna's name from here on out. Never again. Mm-hmm. So Summer's forced to find the most inbred (laughs) fucking moron. (laughs) And Chip is just like, I do need somebody to hold my hand right away because I got lost. And he says things like, the ocean is so vast. All right, before we start making too much fun of Chip, we all love Keanu Reeves. And this guy's essentially Keanu Reeves. So let's settle down a little bit. He's a poor man's Keanu Reeves. Because at no point does he fire a gun straight into the air screaming. I just love his name's Chip. (laughs) And and then his name is Chip. Is Chip Chip. short for anything? Chippola. Chippola. Chiffrey? Chiffrey. Chiffrey. Oh, so when you shorten it, you cut out the H-E-R-Y. Oh, uh, definitely. I like that. I like hers better. She wins a point. Fuck you, Ryan. I have to write that down somewhere. And Summer realizes this is Summer really growing because I think all she used to do was go for the chips of the world. And she is bored as hell and she wants to get ill. Much like you as a a small rotund child, you would find the chips as fast as possible. (laughs) And then I got bored with them? Lies. I've never gotten bored with them. I want a chip right now. And then your other evil drug, Mr. Dip, came along and you combined the two. I have a quick question for you guys. Answer. Okay. When Seth brings Anna over to his house, he tells his mom that the girls are in the bathroom peeing. <laughs> and then his mom gets mad at him for saying that they're peeing. She's like, don't say that. Is that like, peeing. am I an animal to say peeing? Yeah. Yes. I'm on team Seth on this, and that's a rare thing for me. <laughs> but girls be peeing. He didn't girls say, girls be pee peeing. too. He didn't say pissing. Yeah. No. Or the ultimate one, the yellow shits. Spraying the yellow shits. <laughs> Yeah, I think that his mom is maybe overreacting a little well, bit here. And this is the joke because he says it and Ryan says, don't say pee. 
And then Kirsten says, don't say P. It's, I think it's more, uh, less P? language, it's less language police and more, one of these girls wants to bone you, don't put her on the spot like that. Because if Seth goes, oh, they're going to go pee, eventually he might be like, Anna's taking a shit. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? <laughs> I think that's, a, once again, a very intimate thing you're allowed to yell. Who does uh, Who does Anna go to the bathroom with? Marissa? Marissa. Yeah. Okay, so, so there could be a point where Marissa runs back out, says, guys, guys, Anna's taking a hot shit right now. I have to tell you this. <laughs> Which would be... The most drama-stirring thing Marissa has ever done. Girls are always going to the bathroom together, which Ryan and Seth point out. But is it to take hot shits? It's Definitely. Take, yeah. Is that what you do? Do you a hundred percent? What's more likely? You, you, it's like I'm brewing something real nasty right now. I need someone to come with me, Caitlin. <laughs> when you go to the bathroom, with I need girls, a witness. Can I get a witness? When you go to the bathroom with your girlfriends, are you more likely to be sharing hot goss or hot shit? Hot shit. <laughs> but mm. I don't know if you're representative. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a representative of a lot of groups. And they're not mutually exclusive. If you're yeah. having a hot shit, you can share some hot goss. Well, you're yeah. screaming it so nobody hears the hot shit. <laughs> and hot goss means looking at pictures of Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah, and going, ooh. No <laughs> joke. <laughs> no joke. I had a friend in college who, while she had a, took a hot shit, would take a friend in there and have a sweet conversation so she could talk over her shit. Uh, it's the ultimate it's power a, move, it's right? It's a thing, yeah. That means that like I'm more important than you. I will make you listen to my words and my poop at the same time. <laughs> That's why it's the only way I do job interviews. <laughs> I go, follow me. I found your restroom. I understand you're a CEO of a very important co- uh, corporation. they know who's in charge. Summer accuses Anna of being a gold digger. She says she's only with Seth. She's been in town for like a week, and she's already after Caleb Nichols' grandson. Which is very weird, Mike, because Summer's the ultimate gold digger. Is It's that whole, I can only see what's in me, and I accuse other people of it. We call it projecting. It's just a one like quick word instead of saying all that. I think we call it words. trumping these days. Ooh, too political for me. And that is... No, that's not the end, because then Summer kisses Seth all over the face. Yes, and then has to admit to herself, she likes Seth Cohen. And he goes, what? And she says, I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) And then says, I will kill you if you tell anybody what you've heard here today. And it was like a secret relationship now. So this adds like a sexiest sexiest kind of relationship. (laughs) I don't let people know Ryan and I are friends, because it makes it dirty. (laughs) It's very hard for people to tell that anyway. That we're friends? Yeah. Because how not nice we are to each other? Mm-hmm. You've never shared hot goss nor hot shit with me. <laughs> and you want to come and stand in the bathroom out. next time I have a hot shit goss section, <laughs> session, then I will do that. When we come back, it'll do to talk about the most important people on this show, Kirsten and Sandy. Kirsten and Sandy start this episode so fucking sexy. Is this in the bedroom or in the kitchen? I think it's in the kitchen. It's in the kitchen. Okay, so I'm going to say right now, maybe we've talked about this before, but my God, the reason I watch this show is not for all the hot drama, not for all the hot goss, not for all the hot shit. I've never seen any of them shitting. But uh, it's my favorite show of all time is Kiki and the Sandman in the morning. Like when they're in the kitchen just discussing their events of the future day and just like resetting, I can't get enough of it. It's why I got married, so maybe I could find my Sandman. Now just build a good kitchen instead of the one fucking crock pot you guys just stand around in the backyard. Look, hot plates are resourceful. <laughs> and you need like 12 bagels every day. So they're, they're in the so kitchen. Many bagels. They're talking, so many bagels. eating all the bagels and never getting fat, which is a lie. <laughs> and that sounds like, that sounds like, uh, like the chorus of your rap. <laughs> eating, eating all, all the, the bagels, bagels and never getting fat. <laughs> and they're talking about like, hey, it's been a while since we boned. Let's bone tonight. Which some people are like, that means it's a bad relationship. 
there's nothing better than me like tonight's sex and then thinking about that all day instead of your stupid work. Right, which unfortunately means that you can't get up from your desk and everything. But <laughs> the, all of their sex conversations are based on the fact that Kiki walked in on Ryan having sex and they're right. like, "Ooh, we should do that too." <laughs> Wait, those kids like were that hot and 16 heavy. Sixteen-year-old was, and that's a great. She's like Marissa Cooper and Sandy's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't tell you that Sandy's known forever." For weeks now. I think he has cameras in the uh, pool house. <laughs> I thought just because Ryan talked to him about it. I didn't no. think Sandy was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and they go, tonight we are fucking like Ryan and Marissa do. <laughs> and, and they, they went and bought their masks. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it's not who you think would wear which mask. No, not at all. And then Kirsten says, the best line in any show or movie ever, if you're not home by 10, I'm starting without you. Uh-huh. That is a marriage. <laughs> It's crazy the difference in sexiness between I'm starting without you, which means that she's going to get started, and you start without <laughs> me, which means he's just going to be like in the shower going, rawr, rawr, rawr. and the difference is his starting without her means he has finished an hour before right. he gets home, <laughs> yeah. which is not true he's, the other way. He's napping at the bottom of the shower. <laughs> and she just goes, oh, and puts a blanket on him <laughs> and puts a snorkel in his mouth so he doesn't drown. Well, she always thinks that Sandy's the wet blanket. So. <laughs> Wait, you said, oh, like that. What? That was sucked. <laughs> Look, we're not on the fucking unnatural 20s where everybody's friendly friends with their friendly friends. Make fun of this guy when he makes but bad jokes. You don't jokes. have to move backwards. If we're about to move on. You're like, hold I on, don't stop this it. train. I'm talking shit. She started to give you an O and cut herself off, and I'm letting her know it's okay. That was as, that was as painful as it needed to be. No. I don't need you to go backwards. I need you to know. I need the audience to know. And we're trying to, I, I, I'm a very big fan of your show. Explain your show to the audience right now. Unnatural 20s. It's a comedy podcast where we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So you, it's literally random. We never know what we're going to talk about. We have an adventure log and we go by that. That's not what I would say. Okay. But cool. <laughs> I would say it's what would you say? four fucked up 20-somethings <laughs> try to figure out how to live life and they use a D20 to figure it out. Yes. But you guys are so supportive and so nice <laughs> and you shouldn't be. Do you know how you grow? You go through fucking tribulations. I don't even know what tribulations mean. It's, it's like when trials. Ryan says something <laughs> shitty, you let him know. I'll let you know next time. <laughs> and just for future reference, if somebody puts a blanket on somebody in a shower, uh. and then somebody else says, "Oh, it's, she's like the wet blanket," that's hilarious. That that doesn't need any like I mean, comeback. I thought it was okay. That's what she was doing. She's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so Sandy, <laughs> the Sandman, Kirsten, the Sandman, and Caleb starts trying to stir the pot because he's like. Oh, he's working late again? How's that? Now, this would not be that interesting, except the fact that this episode also has Rachel stirring the pot in the exact same way. Uh-huh. Rachel wants to fuck Sandy. Oh, yeah. Does Caleb want to bang his daughter out? Oh, no! Well, yeah. Well, Caleb does say the line that's the grossest in every history of television movies. The only man a girl should trust is her father. When your dad Ugh. says that to you, you run as far away as possible. Daddy trying to fuck and get away, girl! <laughs> Which I think was the name of the Lifetime movie that was about this. <laughs> I don't like how on the nose the Lifetime movies are. Oh, let's see what's on right now. Inventive with your title. The Office. Oh, Daddy trying to fuck get away, girl. Let's watch this movie. And then that's in Kirsten's head, and she's just like, "Oh, is uh, Rachel's boyfriend as understanding as I am?" And Sandy goes, "Rachel doesn't have a boyfriend." All right, so Mike, we have a go figure. We have a segment on the show called Sandy Wisdom. Uh huh. We should also have one called Sandy Anti Wisdom. Sandy foot in the mouth. Here's what to never to do: don't mention the fact that Rachel does not have a boyfriend. Shut up. <laughs> but isn't that that's dishonest? No, it's not. Just say, "Oh, I don't know." Lying by omission is dishonesty, no, Brian. No, you've never been married before. <laughs> not yet. So I'll learn to lie better in a few months. Yeah. 
I I hope I'm glad your wife doesn't listen to this, or I wish she did, because then she know what a piece of shit liar by omission you are. It's so crazy how much stuff I could admit about like all the ways I'm a bad husband, and she'll never know because it's on a podcast she would never listen to. The top five reasons Ryan's a bad husband right now. Number one. Yes. I thought you were gonna do it. Oh no. No, not a thing. They're in this big meeting, and and Sandy and Rachel are trying to get the Newport Bluffs. Uh, to be qualified as the wetlands, and and Caleb is trying to milk more blood from the stone, and then he goes, "Why you guys been working so late? Because that was like a five minute thing. That didn't take that long. You fucking." So we see the difference between Ryan and Caleb here because Ryan just happens to stumble into all of the dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. Caleb causes them. Like he's really trying to ruin relationships. And then Sandy, this is not Sandy wisdom, but it's a baller Sandy line. He says, "You'll poison anything to get what you want. The water." <laughs> The heir, your daughter's marriage, but you'll see how weak I am on the stand or whatever. That's the, the, I didn't write down the whole quote, but it's baller as shit. I thought it was really good. It made Sandy look way better than um, Caleb because Caleb, you could totally see he was trying to attack everything and he was just taking everything that Kirsten was telling him mm-hmm. and using it as fire that whole time. And she could even tell. So it's not even just turning Sandy and giving him more fire. It's also weakening his own side. Yeah, his own side. Just so he always looks good. And then at the end, Kirsten gets mad at him and says, like, I can't believe I told you about all of this stuff and you use it against me and then didn't tell me about you and Julie. And he's like, well, you're a dumb bitch. Sorry. Like, he can't (laughs) stop being an asshole. He says, I think I hit a nerve when Sandy walks out. He doesn't realize his daughter is fucking furious and distraught right there. And then later, when, when they're going into it, Kirsten lets him have it. And that's what, like, Kirsten is, is growing. We're seeing an adult arc, which is nice because as a kid, I thought adults were fully formed and that's how they'd be forever. Uh-huh. And Kirsten's just like, motherfucker, I trusted you. I told you things about my life and my marriage and used them against me. And you told me nothing about your life. And Caleb, the biggest, whitest, oldest, richest man responses, if that's not how you're going to take it, then we don't need to talk about this anymore. You fucking pussy. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I just love when they're on the yacht and like um, we find out that or well, I guess uh, Marissa lets everyone know that Caleb and Julie are fucking and Kirsten goes to Caleb and says, good luck with your new girlfriend. You're mm-hmm. going to need it. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, because Kirsten had so much on her hands with Julie being the wife of his best friend of her best friend. Sorry. And so she has gotten a lot of Julie time logged in. And now she knows exactly what the, that's going to be like for her dad. It's going to be rough stuff. But Sandy doesn't handle all of this well because post that, that first boardroom fight, he goes, we're having problems, but we're adults. You don't go run into daddy. Don't say that if you actually want to make the fight go away. Right. That's just pouring gasoline right on it. I feel like Sandy's more in the wrong this episode than in the right. Yeah. He says a lot of things that, to Kirsten that it's like, okay, well, I Especially can't believe that Especially with all the Rachel stuff going on. Yeah. Like, it, he's got his own shit. It's, oh. it's very hard to find Sandy wisdom, so this segment is Sandy unwisdom, <laughs> because he turns to Ryan at a certain point and goes, you want some advice? Don't get married. <laughs> you have the best marriage on television. You're telling people not to get married. Did you find actual wisdom? Yeah, well, I... Uh, I, my Sandy wisdom was, I've got a boat to catch. Just knowing that I need to yes. go and I need to do this right now. He says this to Rachel when Rachel tries to kiss him. And Rachel, they do not kiss, right? No, no they no, do no. not. Jimmy do not. and Kirsten do kiss. Mm-hmm. And we analyzed that kiss for a long time. <laughs> we talked about it a lot in depth. But Rachel moves in and like she's on the prowl. Like She, she literally looks like a... Jungle cat. Yeah, she shows the whale tail first, and Sandy like looks because he's gonna look. Like I don't fault look. Sandy on that. And he's trying to 
not flirt, but he's still sandy and charming. Uh-huh. And then, because, I mean, law documents are so sexy, you guys. So it's hard not to be sexy. And she first gets him, she's like, there's pad thai on the floor. There's law documents on the floor. While just aiming the butt at him. Join <laughs> me on the floor. You should be careful where you aim your butt right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, there's people right behind me. I just fucking butted. <laughs> but then, yeah, she goes full bore and does the jungle cat crawl at him would you call that jungle cat or full bore <laughs> full bore jungle cat half boar, half cat oh sexy and yeah it, it it's it's hard because sandy doesn't tell kirsten everything that's going on but he's like but we should be honest and just talk to each other yeah. he's a you kind of guy <laughs> i get it now you're what do you, what do you call him faticus inch <laughs> browdicus finch browdicus finch browdicus finch that's good uh, but so Sandy, your or actual Atticus Sandy, Mench. your <laughs> that's racist. Your actual Sandy wisdom is that I got a boat to catch. Yeah, he does not kiss. Getting the hell out of Rachel. that room. Do you have a Sandy wisdom that you can think of? I don't. I just thought that Sandy was a lot in the wrong in this episode. But he did wear a jacket. He did. He's I wore a jacket. He knows perfectly <laughs> when to be funny. My wife's very mad. I'm gonna remind her I did wear a jacket to this. As he has to now leave the boat. And then he's like, oh, you save all the good like yacht parties when I'm not there. And they wrap back in the same energy that they started <laughs> in that kitchen with. He, they're, they're back home like, we never see each other. Sandy's like, what are you doing right now? And she goes, you. Oh, that probably means sexy. No matter what fights they get in, these two crazy kids are going to fuck. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, once you get to a certain age, I think it's just called intercourse. Ew, yeah. I will never have intercourse. <laughs> I'm only going to fuck, go to Bone Town, go to Downtown, go on Around Back Town. Sometimes you call it go to Splooge Camp. I don't know what that means. Girl, you want to go to Splooge Camp with me? No. No. Absolutely Nobody not. Nobody wants to go to Splooge I once, I worked at, uh, at a restaurant, like some sort of Ryan Atwood, and I had a guest, a client, what do you call it? Somebody dealing with me at the end of the night. Customer. And she was tanked and went, I'll take you to Bone Town and then fell down oh. the stairs. <laughs> it was the best. Is that what you meant? Like uh-huh. Bone Town for you means, hey, look, I fell down the stairs and a bone is coming out I, of my skin. I, that must have been what she meant because I don't think she was hitting on me because it was not suave at all. Oh, she fell down the stairs. She fell down the <laughs> stairs. I was at work. I was not drunk. That would come years later. <laughs> uh, that is all the time we have, unless there's any final words, final moments, final thoughts. Um, I... Like we usually we talk about comic connection. Uh huh. I didn't have one tonight, but there was uh, none. so much Magic the Gathering talk. Oh, I thought that yes. we could talk about that. Like he can't stop bringing it up. Well, because he wants people to play with him. I have a yes. friend like that who's also very skinny and wants people to play Magic the Gathering with him. <laughs> He's a real Seth type. Because when you enter someone's home and you ask if this is where the magic happens, you obviously have to let them know. Oh yes, of course, the Gathering. What's worst, <laughs> Magic the Gathering, or if you start doing like close up magic? Like, just like rabbits close from hats. Magic. That's worse, sure. right? 100%. Magic the Gathering is obviously nerdy. But close-up magic, if you're good at it, you're one of the worst people that has ever oh, existed. What are you doing? Why yeah. do you have that tuxedo on? And then uh, music moment we don't have because it was all yacht rock. Like, it was yeah. all, like, jazz bullshit. <laughs> what is yacht rock? I'm we're, on we're a years-long okay. fucking... We've done this already too many times. I'm going to explain to you Those are on air. different shows. <laughs> This whole show is brought to you by YourPopFilter.com. If you liked any of this, go there to get all the dumb bullshit we put out. Or if you didn't like it, we have different type of stuff we over do have, there. So, Ryan, what other types of stuff do we have? Uh, YourPopFilter.com? Or at Apple iTunes. Uh, 
Unlike this show, we have the Superhero Hour Hour, which is focused on every single pod or <laughs> every single podcast that comes out every week. We review them all. Also, we talk about uh, TV shows based on comic books. We have Movie of the Year, where we go take an in-depth look at every year that has ever existed and try and figure out what is the best movie. Taylor Talking Taylor comes out every once in a while, and it's Taylor, uh, the host of the Superhero Hour Hour, talking about a different Taylor every week. We have Writer's Block, where Mike, that's you, has an in-depth conversation about somebody's writing prowess. Yeah. And then uh, we have... I'm going to let Caitlin do Unnatural 20s. Yes. So Unnatural 20s where me and three of my other friends hang out and we talk about random things based upon what we roll on our D20, which is a 20-sided dice. Give give more, because that means almost nothing to anybody yes. who hasn't heard it. T- t- one of the segments. Talk about one of the segments. Or the talk th- about who is the best on the show and yes. who is the worst on the yes. show. Okay. So I'm definitely the best on the show. Right. Okay. I can, um, I can see that. Let's say uh, what we do, one of the things on our dice is what do we love? Uh-huh. Um, so we talk about what we love during the week. So like I love dancing at what one is, time. What does that mean? Love. So so you can love something, but you can really love something. Is it like I love my Skechers, but I love my Prada bag? It's like I love my Skechers, but I love my Heelys. Like I love them so much. Like I can use them. I, I like can't live without them. They just bring me so much joy. That's it's from 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. didn't get that. <laughs> Ryan, social media. Uh, and then also, uh, Caitlin has two co-hosts that are great, and then one that is a disgusting stab-in-the-back <laughs> yeah. snake. He's a real snake. I'm type. not even going to say his name. Uh, sorry, what? Skechers? Skechers. Yeah, talk about that. Skechers. What would you tell me to do? Social media? At Skechers on Twitter. Skechers.com slash your pop filter. <laughs> a new... Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up from there, bud. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, go to Twitter, follow us at your pot filter. We it's are so giving hot. you daily deliverances of comments about the movie Deliverance. Did you like it? Did you hate it? We're gonna talk about it. And then on Facebook.com slash your pot filter, less than that. Your pop nope, patreon.com slash your pop filter is where you can go if you want to support us with your monies. If you want bonus podcasts, you can give at the five dollar level. You'll get longer, better versions of movie of the year. And every once in a while, you'll get extra shows that we feel like doing. If a comic book movie comes out, we're doing it. If the OCD movie finally comes out, we're going to do it. And only if you pay. Your Patreon.com slash your pop filter. Fuck, man, you are terrible at this. I'm hot and I'm drunk. <laughs> and people need to know. Ryan, how do you get in touch with us? Uh, give us a call at one five six two doctor dj pop That's our robot associate who will take a message from you and then relay it to us. He is a robot secretary. And Mike, one of his arms is a... Spatula. Hey, Caitlin, one of his arms is a... Julie Cooper. Julie Cooper. <laughs> it, he's frightening to look at. <laughs> like, that is scary. It's, ah, the Riverside. But so, and I have no idea how he holds a phone. I guess Julie holds it up to her yeah. hand head. Um, banana, by the way. And uh, Or write us an email at contact at yourpotfilter.com. If you have any comments or compliments or nice things to say or uh, like ways to make us feel better or ways to make us think that we're doing an okay job in our life, then write us at contact at yourpotfilter.com. That is it for the show. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will talk about Thanksgiving and Ryan going back to Chino. Until then, stay gay. Yeah.